and welcome to season two of Calm Edged Rebels. We're delighted to be back and we're kicking things off this season talking about our careers. We had some feedback last season that people didn't know much about us, so we thought it was a good chance to tell you a little bit more about our backgrounds, how we've got where we are today, and also explore some of the stuff that we often get asked around going up an organisation, going sideways, changing specialisms and all those kind of things. So it's a career fueled podcast to kick us off. And I'm going to ask Advita to get things going by telling us a little bit more about how she got started. Well, my journey is a little bit different. I don't know. I think you both know this, obviously, but if you're listening, you won't. I have this ambition that I wanted to be the next Asian version, if that's the thing, of Bill Gates. Um, so we'll know by now that Avita aims low you know her yeah. expectations are not high <laughs> you know this I'm is fine home. yeah I'm like you know well you know when my careers advisor asked me at 16 what I wanted to do well to be honest with you the family wanted me to get into um, sciencey subjects as they want many Asian people to but in order to be good at those kind of jobs you have to be very good at science and it was quite evident after my A-level chemistry that I wasn't very good at science. <laughs> so I pivoted, which is a word of, uh, which was the word of 2020. Uh, and I fell into my next kind of love, which was IT. So that was my degree. So I spent a few years at university studying information tech. And I graduated the year that, that there was this dot-com crash. So I'm giving away my age here a tiny bit. Uh, and the reason I say this is because my final year dissertation because um, I'm always ahead of my times, I like to think, guys. So uh, I actually specialised in web development and I coded. So I used to be a coder. So I used to do things like C++ and JavaScript and all that kind of stuff. So I actually coded in HTML, which I didn't recognise would be a, a great skill that would help me throughout my comms career, actually. But I specialised in web development. I graduated with a 2-1, so I was really excited. Then as soon as I went into the job market, nobody was hiring and nobody was hiring anyone who was basically based in the UK at the time to be honest because it's just expensive uh, they were going overseas to hire guys and they definitely weren't hiring women anyway and I was you know if you think about the early 2000s there was not much emphasis on women in tech like it is today mm. uh, even now we kind of struggle with it right but in those days it was definitely not encouraged for women to enter the world of tech I went to a couple of interviews I wasn't successful so I, I kind of thought gosh is this something that I really want to do because it's just so much hard work um, to get a job basically so I ended up going into this terrible job which I had a horrible boss and it was basically uh, data inputting and if you know me like sitting in silence and inputting data <laughs> you could have stopped at sitting in silence <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the worst thing you can ever give me as a task to do and I, I quit that job after nine months because it was literally draining the life out of me and to the extent where my parents were like my parents were really busy business owners at the time didn't really you know pay too much attention to our fee not the really lovely people but you know we, they were just expected us to just crack on and carry on but when they said to me what on earth is going on with you you know you're not engaging you're really low you're not kind of talking to anybody and I said just take my job so they went just quit and for Indian parents to tell you to quit your job that is like a big deal so I promised myself at that point that I was never ever going to put myself in a situation where I would be hating every minute of my kind of my job really because I think life is just too short to be in that situation where you're dreading getting out of bed 
and you're dreading every minute of your work life, especially considering how much, you know, how much time you spend in jobs. So I then just got a, a job as an admissions officer at a university working with hospitality students, recruiting them and, and getting them to apply to the university. And it was at that point, the marketing manager, Catherine, asked me to help her out one day a week in the marketing team. And she told me that I had a natural knack for comms and marketing and I should consider doing um, a qualification in it. So like many people, I think, who struggle with knowing what to do, I went and did a master's. I I enrolled to do a master's in HR, which I always think is a default for many people. Um, (laughs) Doesn't know what to do. They just go and do HR. I mean, I should say... I should say that's unfair because I should say the people in my community, you know, the ones I've spoken to earlier, like kind of when they kind of do one of those degrees that they're not quite sure what to do with generally going to personnel, as it used to be known in those days, or HR. So I changed my master's to strategic marketing and I did that part time over three years. And then the first job I, I had in marketing wasn't actually marketing. It was what I now know was internal comms. And that's how I kind of understood what, because I never, you know, before that point, I didn't know what, inter- I, that wasn't my world. My world was tech. Um, so I had no idea what internal communications was or I knew what marketing was, obviously, but I, I didn't know this kind of career existed. And I remember going on Twitter when it first came out and um, looking up internal communicators because I didn't know anybody in Manchester who did that same job. And I actually connected with uh, our good friend, Rachel Miller, uh, who was writing blogs at that time and from that point on I, I think you can say that the rest is history then I ended up working <laughs> in different jobs and different careers and I never left internal comms so for the last 15 years I've worked in internal comms I dabbled a little bit in PR uh, and media relations and quickly discovered that was not my bag or my forte <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wanted to experience it which is one of the reasons I actually um, decided to volunteer for the chat industry public relations even though I was a member of IOIC I and IOIC for those who are not familiar is Institute of Internal Communicators but I decided that time when I wanted to expand my community I put my energy behind CIPR just because of the breadth of disciplines that CIPR covers and I obviously met you two uh, and lots of other wonderful people and and here I am today doing a podcast about (laughs) business and, and comms and stuff like that so yeah so a very long-winded story but that's how I kind of ended up in in the world that I'm in today. Nice. Trudy what about you? Oh gosh have you got like uh, a whole day's worth of podcasting because <laughs> clearly <laughs> mine is really long. <laughs> no I'll cut it short so um my um original background was hospitality so and I, I was convinced that I was going to be leading something especially in the food and beverage area within a hotel and uh this was not in in the UK it was in Jamaica and just before that when I was in high school I wanted to study um actually wanted to start study what they call mass communications which is actually PR and um journalism and I was told that I couldn't um so I had one of those moments where your teacher tells you that no that's not for you um (laughs) why why did they say you couldn't they have a system where you have high schools and technical high schools and I went to a technical high school so it was thought that because of the route that I went into high school I didn't really 
um, I wasn't the caliber of person wow. to go to university to study thing there. It was very odd. And I remember that stuck with me, but then I had no clue what I wanted to do. So then I worked with hotels. I was the uh, general manager's PA and, and exec assist. And then after four general managers, and this was a short space that they changed them regularly. The last general manager said that I was a terrible PA and that um, in a performance review. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like you're rubbish <laughs> so I took that on the chin and he said but he did follow that up by saying I realize that you're bored what's wrong what what do you want to do and I said I wanted to do management training so I went into management training within the hotel uh, which was really great fun came back to the UK and found that it was a 16-hour job with a tiny amount of salary um, <laughs> really, really little. And so I decided I didn't want to do that anymore and, and just did some soul searching. I did that kind of thing where you sit down and mark, um, kind of do your personality test and see what type of person you are and what you like doing. And it came back to PR again. So I started to do some studies and every job that I took, I kept saying, I don't just want to do this job. I want to also do some marketing and PR. And that happened. And then my first, first comms role was a corporate comms role where they did everything. So um, I was exposed to internal comms then as well, because we had a lot, a lot of mergers and acquisitions took place. So we had to do all the work for how you bring in a brand new group of people. And I think I'd already decided that PR wasn't for me, that I just didn't like being on call 24 seven and, um, yeah, it, it just wasn't. So internal comms is where I kind of started to move into. Did a few Marcoms roles as well and and then went away. So I kept I kept leaving the UK and coming back. And when I came back one of the times, I said I, I worked for MS as a comms person within their visual merchandising team. Nice. And then it was great. It was just more fun than work. And um <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really do very much calls, but I did help them work out their in their intranet, uh, their customer, their their kind of customer service facing intranet. And again, that got me more involved in internal comms. And so from there, I just thought, yeah, I definitely want to stick with this because there was a part of me that wanted to do event production. And then I realised that if I do internal comms, I'll do that as well anyway. So I uh, I kept going and. Um, then took a job with TFL. So I was with TFL for a while, mainly London Underground, and did comms for them. And I think, as Advita said, the rest is history. I kind of got very stuck in doing a variety of projects around internal comms, especially as they relate to change and engagement. And then after kind of years of doing that, I realised that it was time to move on. After many reorgs, <laughs> I decided <laughs> I want to work for myself. So, yeah. <laughs> so then, so, so then start to do that, which has been really a massive education. It's been great. Nice. I got, I've had such a straight line approach compared to you two. Like I did a degree in marketing and, and I did the degree in marketing because I couldn't get a job in PR and comms without a degree. So I didn't do very well in my A-levels because I had a really good time. <laughs> um, and, um, <laughs> And then therefore didn't get the grades to go to any of the universities that I thought I was going to go to. And following in a sister's footsteps who was doing journalism in Bournemouth, it was sort of expected that I just 
go off and do that. But none of the unis would take me. So I ended up going to the University of Surrey and staying at home and doing marketing. Because when I called up a couple, I remember phoning a couple of PR companies or agencies and asking about work. And they all said, you have to have a degree, you have to have a degree, you have to have a degree. So I did that, I did my marketing degree. And then I worked, my first job was public sector. And I worked as a communications assistant for my local borough council, which was great because I remember working on elections and dealing with the media and having to fax. God, I'm really showing my age. I talk about having to fax press releases to the, to the media. And then I used to have to cut out the press cuttings and stick them on a bit of paper and measure them. And that... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great fun. Um, so I did that for a while. And then I really loved all the media side, unlike you two. So ended up going and doing media relations for a, a defence organisation for a couple of years. But then realised that I didn't have the passion for combat management systems and radars that you kind of need, especially when dealing with the trade press. So I left there to go and do internal comms in advertising. Um, and that was really interesting because I was really keen what I what I I'd got to the point where I thought felt very monotonous doing the media relations stuff felt very samey and I didn't see much impact other than the cuttings and the impact that you get from from that but it didn't feel enough so going and focusing on internal comms was my way of trying to connect more and see more impact of the work that was being done so I went and did that and then I went to an agency god I literally just move around everywhere then I went to an agency that was an internal comms agency that where I did business development and marketing for them and then I went in-house at SSP which a lot of people will know me for when I was the internal comms manager there and um, so spending a lot of time with the sort of deskless workforce trying to communicate with them and that was probably the best bit of my career because I was there for about six years and I managed to work my way up to become the global head of comms so after we floated the business then started to take my career sort of back out and going back into both um, internal and external. And then my last job in-house as a comms director in pharma was both. So looking at uh, kind of corporate external trade media stuff more than anything and then internal as well. So I've kind of started off doing both, then did specialist of internal and then came back out the other side doing doing both but still like to dodge the media relations stuff I'm not um god makes me really anxious doing media relations <laughs> I don't know how people do it all the time it's the one thing always like oh my god what am I doing wrong? Um, so um so I'm not a huge fan of that stuff but yeah I've kind of I've definitely I've moved around every kind of couple of years for sure and um you know and I've always done it a bit it's interesting hearing you guys talk about you know sort of the hospitality and the tech and Whereas I kind of knew I wanted to do PR and, and comms and marketing and all that sort of stuff when I was doing my A-levels, really. It's funny because mm. it was never an option when I was like, it was never my, if I think back, my strength was definitely English and English language at school. And I actually used to write and I found a few actually because um, I was clearing out some cupboard and I used to write like little storybooks and novels and um Honestly, well, go on, share because I used to. I, I wrote one, and I can remember I was what it was like, called. What was, <laughs> what, what was, was the title so of your cringe. novels? Go on. It was based on. Remember the film Free Willy? I mean, I really am. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was based on a girl falling in love with with, with the guy who looks after dolphins. Oh, I thought you were and, going to say falling in love with a whale. I was no. like, no, strange. <laughs> I mean, that would have been very bizarre. But I actually wrote this whole kind of short fiction book on 
this young American. I had, a, I had a, an obsession with uh, America as well when I was growing up, only because I used to be, I'm really am sure my age, but I used to be addicted to Sweet Valley High, remember? Oh, God, yeah. And, and 90210 and those yeah. kind of <laughs> <laughs> and the OC um, and those kind of you know that's my generation so I used to love that kind of LA scene so and now thinking back out and I used to journal from the age of seven or eight actually I think it was eight years old till I was 22 I wrote, wrote a wow. journal every day wow. every Impressive. single day yeah. I know and I've got all I mean I've destroyed I was so like when I was like 18 I was really embarrassed about what I wrote so I destroyed quite a few of them but I have kept a few, but I used to journal every day. And, and I think that shows the kind of my natural instinct was writing and creativity and storytelling mm. and that kind of stuff. But I was kind of pigeonholed, if you want to call it that, into the science tech world. And he would have known I could have been like a multi-billionaire by now. If you, know. could. you could have been that next Bill Gates I, that you wanted to be. I wouldn't be having as much fun, I don't think. So there's, there's always that. <laughs> I, it's funny because it's funny Advita says that because all through high school and I, I was eventually head girl at my high school and this was in Jamaica. All through high school, I did things like the magazine committee. I put every event that was put on at school, I put it on. Um, I used to be uh, very involved in the debating society, but interestingly, not actually debating. So I used to prepare the debates and prepare people for debating, wow. which is pretty much what we do yeah. um, as part of our job. So I spent a lot of time doing all the things that I actually do now um, at high school. And, and you know, obviously academically, I wasn't, I wasn't really that interested. I was kind of a little bit like, yeah, I'll have fun at high school, um, which I did. Um <laughs> And I got involved in all these extracurricular things and academics were, you know, I, I ended up thinking, oh, no, it's, it's boring. But but it's interesting how, you know, just from Advita said as well, that you there are certain traits that we have that stayed with us all along. Because I used to write as well. I used to think I was going to be a journalist. Um, and, and all the things that the disciplines that I do now, I, I in some way was, was doing them before. Mm. I wrote a story called The Enigmatic Gem about a magical stone that I found. Well, that's a and big word, Jenny. I know, I know. I, I mean, I obviously like to look up other words for words, and I think I'm just <laughs> very happy with a thesaurus. Um, but um, but I've still re always remembered it, and I don't think I've got it. I'll have to have a look in my in my box of treasures in the loft, see whether it's there. But obviously, all three of us now have our own businesses, and some people will often ask, you know, how did that how did that happen? What made you do that? How did you come to be working for yourself? And and I know my personal experience was that I had things just weren't going particularly well in the role that I was I was in, and I just knew that they needed somebody more junior rather than the director level that they'd kind of hired and it got to the point where you kind of have to you know lean into that conversation and say right well you don't really need me but I'll help you recruit someone more junior and then I sort of thought well if I don't do it now I'm never going to do it and it was I remember feeling you know quite vulnerable about it and reading the book you know feel the fear and do it anyway and talking to a life coach and doing all the things that we tell people to do but it was it was just for me a case of if I don't do it now I'm never going to do it and then once I did it it's kind of allowed me to to kind of really explore the stuff that I really love about comms and and 
the whole business is different to what I thought it was going to be and it's changed in the three years and all of those things but mine was just circumstance really it was oh let's give it a try I've got a long time left of work <laughs> if this doesn't work I'll hopefully just go and get a job <laughs> it wasn't some big grand plan it was just if not now when kind of thing but I know you guys I know Trudy you've been doing it a lot longer. Advita's now kind of a year in, but you've been yeah. doing it quite a while, haven't you? Yeah, I, I, it was 2014 that I, I did it. I started. Um, for me, it was, you know, at London Underground TFL, there was, there was a reorg every couple of years. And there was yet another one for communications. Uh, at the time, I had my dad over. So I was, I was looking after my dad and I needed more flexibility. And I also wanted to enjoy my work a bit more. And I, and definitely where I was, I felt a little bit like there was a bottleneck, like I wasn't going to go any further. I'd never been one to love or at least to have the idea of being kind of like the comms director. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not particularly a fan of managing people. I'll do it, but I wasn't, you know, it's not a big thing for me. So uh, I, I love projects. So I kind of thought, right, I'm going to go out and start contracting and as part of that, I started a company rather than kind of using an umbrella company. Um, but it was a really, really interesting time. And I was incredibly excited about it because you know, it was the right time to do it. As soon as I kind of knew I was leaving, I then got hooked up with CIPR inside. Mm-hmm. So I've been a member of CIPR for a long time, hadn't really volunteered. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to volunteer and expand my knowledge about the industry. And it was just at that time that I did it, which was probably the best thing that I did. One of the mm-hmm. best things that I did. Um, it also meant that I met a great community like you guys. Oh, thanks. And that helped me as well to, to kind of stick to what I was doing. But it was, you know, I had a level of nervousness at the beginning, but certainly, yeah, I was a bit like, yeah, it's a new adventure. I'm going to go for it. Nice. Yeah. Do you know what? I I never really had ambitions to work for myself because I saw, I, I don't know, says, says a year in doing two businesses, but because it's because I saw my parents having their own business and I saw the challenges that they went through, you know, the ups and downs, the cash flow, you know, some months are great, some months are not great. And I grew up with that. You know, my parents didn't have traditional office jobs. They didn't have a traditional salary wage coming in every month or anything like that. You know, it was very dependent on how business was. So I kind of grew up thinking, do you know what? I don't want to put myself through that pressure or that stress. However, as time went on in my career, similar to kind of Trudy, I, and in the North, there are not many opportunities for senior positions, right? You kind of get to you're literally like waiting to step into someone's grave and that sounds terrible. I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's what happens once you kind of get a senior like head of director role in the North, nobody ever leaves. <laughs> I was going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely caught. <laughs> yeah. Nobody leaves. People stay because that's, that's the reason you kind of have longevity in roles up in the North, you know, because nobody wants to leave the North really and move down anywhere else. Like that. So, and, 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 when the senior roles do appear, they do happen to be in London. You know, the head offices are in London generally. So, and I didn't want to move. But my, I suppose my push was definitely when I, I recognised there was more options available to me when I became an active volunteer with CIPR. Because obviously I met you guys and I met other consultants and contractors and interim. And I thought, oh, this is a new world I wasn't really familiar with. But then my push was when I was told there wasn't an opportunity for any progression in a business. 
but then an opportunity suddenly appeared when I was leaving. So I don't know. I don't know if that was like a. I don't know if they were like trying to tell me something. I mean, hopefully not. But I was, you know, when somebody's been exceeding in their performance review and they've done everything that's been asked of them, but yet they're not really given an opportunity. You kind mm. of start questioning your worth, right, in the organisation. Yeah. And I know, I know that I am a positive disruptor, as I like to call it, and I will. <laughs> I- I like that. <laughs> I will question certain ways of working and I'm not a tick box kind of person. So if somebody questions or tells me to do something, I'll question I will I will ask them several questions like how does it link in with the corporate objectives and what's the purpose behind this comms that you want us to send out and what are you hoping to achieve? You know, those kind of questions. You know, in some circumstances, people just want you to do it. <laughs> and you've got to, you know, you've just got to kind of measure it up. So I think it was right. I think I spoke to both of you about this at the time because I was in a bit of a dilemma with what I wanted to do. And I think the push to set my own business up and the drive to set my own businesses came around that time. And even though I went into another amazing job, you know, it's a really good job in terms of development because I worked on a, a merger and acquisition in an industry that I never worked in before. I just had this pull, you know, people talk about calling and purpose. And I just thought, you know what, I really want to be able to work on the things that I want to work on and I want to be in control the big thing for me was being in control of my own destiny mm. so I get to decide to an extent where I want to take my career not somebody else and I'm not like waiting for that opportunity but I do also acknowledge that there are people out there who working for themselves is just not an option like it's just not you the circumstances play a big part if you've got you know mortgages, bills, children, all that kind of stuff. It's been a really tough last 12 months, you know, with the pandemic and everything. So Mm. what I want is I wouldn't want anyone to feel that they have to leave an organisation just to progress because it's not the case. I think you have to make a sensible decision on whether your circumstances allow you. Because the one thing I've learned in the last 12 months is that there are ups and downs and you need to have resilience and you need to be ready for that and you can't over panic and you need to kind of stick with it. And I get asked a lot of the times whether um, it's the right choice for people see us. And I think that's the thing with social, right? People see us like having a great time and doing amazing things and and, and getting involved in fantastic projects. But, and it, maybe it's our fault as well as, as communicators that we don't sometimes share the kind of the downside of working for yourself. Mm. And I think a lot of people fall into the trap of thinking this is an amazing lifestyle with lots of flexibility. I have to admit, and I know it's the same for both of you, I have not worked as hard as I've worked (laughs) in the last 12 months. (laughs) And I worked hard when I was in-house, but I I pull like 15, 16 hours some days and, you know, weekends I work. But that's because... It's different when you work for yourself, right? In that sense as well, because you are, you know, you've got a bit more of a purpose. I think I don't know if mm. you two agree, but it's definitely something that oh, drives 100%. me. Oh, Yeah, that I, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it takes a lot because you have to. You're, you're not only looking after the 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 delivery side of the business. You're looking after the organisational side of the business. And I think years ago, I stepped out and did contracting um, before and. I just didn't have that discipline to do the, to do both sides. And it was really horrible. I think there's something about timing. If it's not right for you, it definitely is about when you get step out mm. because that will cause a real big problem. If you're not ready to kind of go through what we've gone through. So it's not always been happy days, but it, it takes a lot of discipline to kind of just stay focused and a bit, bit of crazy, you know, because you're like... <laughs> Well, you know, you believe in something and you say, do you know what? 
I, I believe there's a better way to get something done. You might create something that initially isn't popular and mm. then you've got to really dig your heels in and stick to it. And that's why it's 16 hour days, you know, because you, you, you believe in something. So, mm. you know, I think that's really, yeah, an interesting, an interesting thing about it. Mm. And it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Cause it's almost, it's almost like we've, we've ended up talking about that um, consultancy piece. And sometimes we talk about this when we're not doing the podcast about whether or not consultancy is right for everybody. And it's not the answer if you're struggling, you know, with a, with a boss or if things aren't working, it's not always the answer to go off and just think, Oh, it's going to go out for myself because it actually takes, you know, huge amounts of work, as you both said, what would be, or what has been kind of the best career advice you've had just to kind of, you know, finish on some tips, which we like to do, but I'm trying to think, you know, just personally for me, what's been the best advice I've had or what's helped me in my career? And I think I think the best advice I had, which was probably not intended to come out the way that it did, but I remember going into my CEO when I was leaving a job where I was the only internal comms person. I was leaving to go to the agency. And um, and he called me in and he said, don't run before you can walk. And that was probably enough to put a little fire up there of, well, I'm just going to go and fly now. And I think that that sort of questioning or that kind of trying to be held back a bit is probably what spurred me on in terms of I'm going to really prove that I can do this and and that I can do what I believe in um, and invest in myself along the way to do that, I think has probably been, that was a, a big turning point for me in my career with someone saying, you know, just don't, you know, don't go too fast. I was a bit like, whoa, let's go. Um, <laughs> so that was probably mine. But anything that you'd you'd share, any big advice or pivotal moments? Gosh. Yeah, it's a tough one because I, I've had lots of different people say different things. But um, I always remember something my my mom always used to say, you know, if you want something, ask for it. And it will either be a yes or a no, but don't, don't shirk away from um from asking the question and I think for me that's probably the biggest advice it's not from anybody now but years ago she always just said if you want to do something do it and uh that's always kind of stuck with me Mm, love that I think the best advice I've been given was when I I'm a a big people pleaser right so I I like people liking me just something I it's just something set in my DNA but when I set my business up I was really worried because you guys know that I got a few, you know, comments and a little bit of trolling and all that kind of stuff. But then a friend of mine said to me, you know, ages ago, it's my favorite motto is you can't be everyone's cup of tea. Otherwise you'd be a mug. And that, you know, that's, that is something that sticks with me. And I just think, do you know what? They're right. Because even though I am a, like a, you know, and it's something I do need to work on, but I am a people pleaser and I like to make people happy and I like to help people as much as I can. And it's to my detriment sometimes, but there are also people who are just not going to like us, right? They're not going to like us. They've got no interest in what we're saying or what we're doing. And you know what? That's fine. And that's absolutely okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it'll be weird if you went through life and everyone loves you. And I think when you put yourself out there, whether you're in-house or whether you're working for yourself and you're asking questions or you're doing something that people, you know, you're not confi- confining to whatever they think you should be as a, as a communicator, as a business leader, whatever, you will, there will be times when people just don't like you. And I think as long as there's mutual respect, that's the main thing. And as long as you respect each other, um, you don't have to be best friends and you don't have to go on holiday together to Rome or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> best career advice don't worry about being friends with people you don't have to go on holiday you know 
just yeah. you know no one needs to pack a bag and have a weekend yeah, away yeah yeah you don't I've, always said, everyone. <laughs> I've always said I don't I'm not here to make friends and, and people have that's been thrown back at me so many times of oh you're not here to make friends and I was like well no because I've got those <laughs> and I really like them and I'm not, I'm not here to like, actively dislike people but and if no. I make friends along the way then that's great but people have obviously different motivations for work and that's a whole other conversation but um but yeah I love that like you don't have to go to Rome I feel like there's a story there about you going to Rome and there is a story there is a story about the Rome and I'll tell you guys offline just in case you know but it is funny because I think it's whoever you know if you're listening and you're thinking um oh I I don't think I can do that because people may not like what I'm doing or whatever just just don't worry about it like just go ahead and as long as you're true to yourself and you're purpose-led and you're being respectful and kind then go for it like you know like I said you can't you don't be a mug that's I want to get that (laughs) tattooed I want to get that tattooed one day yeah I've got a question so what what would you say to somebody like you're kind of one thing that you would tell them to do if they were saying so what do I do about my career oh that's that's a deep what do I do what do I do about my career I would I would well I'd always answer it with a question Trudy and the true coaching frustration that we do (laughs) (laughs) so I would I mean it's a conversation isn't it but I think my question is what do you want to do like it's not it's there's there's no right or wrong answer it's very individual your career it's very individual your whole whole life is so you know my question is always well what do you want to do and then how do you make that happen because I'm a positive penny and I always think you can you know find a way to make it happen that's true I agree and same I I would ask the same I'd be like what do you want because I know we joke about me having very high aspirations but I think it's really important you know reach for the stars and you'll hit the moon and that's why that's one thing that my dad and mum used to say to me all the time like you know aim for the stars and you'll hit the moon and that's what I've always kind of believed so I, I I allow myself to dream and dream big and you know it doesn't matter if you don't achieve it but at least you can you know whenever you leave this planet now we're going to the 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 morbid world you you want to you don't want to leave with any regrets right so take those opportunities take say the yeses and you know live your life to the best of your ability yeah that's great advice lovely and we'll end it there (laughs) yes before we get into any more trouble listening please click subscribe so you get our new episodes as soon as they're released if you want to reach out you can find us on twitter and instagram as calm edged rebels we're always up for a chat so please let us know what you think and ask us any questions you might want us to cover in future episodes we're also all on linkedin and always available if you want to get in touch